Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Words, Images, and Worlds. I am delighted to be talking on this episode with Van Jensen. Van, uh, you are a comics writer, comics creator person who's done just a, an amazing range of work that I want to spend just a little bit of time talking about. So thanks for jumping on and joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. I'll mention a couple of titles here at the top of the episode. And then if you want to mention any others, of course, you're you're welcome to. Um, of course, the Flashing Green Lantern being big tentpole kinds of characters you've crafted in both of those worlds. But also uh, the books that I find I think the most exciting sometimes are like Two Dead with Nate Powell. Lo love anything that Nate Powell puts a pen and brush on. Yeah, uh, as well as the more recent just released Arca with Jesse Lonigan. So yeah, uh, you have a nice range of authoring. Yeah, I, I kind of always say, you know, I don't know if it's a, a good thing or a bad thing that I do all kinds of different stuff. So, you know, stuff for younger readers, sci-fi, you know, true crime, superheroes, I kind of bounce all over the place. But um, there's there's something that uh is uh, Italo Calvino wrote in his afterword of the the Castle of Cross Destinies, uh, which is a really you know he he wrote a lot of weird books. That was one of them. They were all very differently weird, and he just wrote. Uh, and I, I should remember the quote exactly, but it was basically like, "I get really bored. I like doing different stuff. I don't know how to live any differently." And I read that. I was like, oh, "Okay, I feel that. Like that's." <laughs> If, if it worked for Italo Calvino, uh, it can work uh, to a much lesser extent for me. It, it totally works. It totally works. And as a reader that gets bored with the same thing, I also appreciate that. And uh, I always appreciate the range that I that I see from folks like you. So I, I appreciate it. Um, what's it? I, I suppose the big question to start out with is why comics? What is it about comics that allows you to do what you want to do as a storyteller? So I'm very visually oriented. Um, I just, I always have been, um, I'm not, I'm not auditory. So like, um, yeah, I, I have to admit, like I'm not much of a podcast listener because I, <laughs> it's like my, my brain just goes off wherever else. Um, but I just grew up and, and was always just like seeing things, seeing, you know, stories, seeing scenes in my head and, um, my mom's a painter uh, and then I have uh, two, both my grandmothers were writers. And so I think that there was always this bit of storytelling in my family. But then from the point that I was like three years old, I was writing and drawing little comic strips. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And so even before I like I didn't I grew up in a very, very small town, 300 people in Nebraska. And so I didn't know what comic books were like I had no access to them. And, but then I'm just like drawing little comics all the time. And, um, and I, I would, I would draw like, my mom still has, like, I, I was drawing political cartoons about the Reagan presidency <laughs> for, for some reason uh, as, as a three-year-old. Um, and so then I had a cousin who lived in a, a big city and he, he was, uh, he was about what's nine years older than me. And when I was four, he came and visited and he had a backpack full of comic books. And it was just like, oh, like 
this is like a literal manifestation of the, the things that I see in my head. Um, and it's, you know, this, this like perfect kind of medium point between prose and, and film where, you know, you get, you get so much of the visual, you get the design aspect, uh, you get the storytelling, but then there are these, you know, these gaps between the panels where you're still like, you're filling in the interstitials and you're filling in the sounds and, and so, yeah, it just, I don't know. It just connected with me really, really purely. And, and I just, I mean, I devoured comics as a kid in in the few that, that I could find uh, (laughs) and, and was drawing. And I I wanted to be a comic book artist, uh, but I just like, you know, I I didn't know anyone who drew comics. I didn't know, how to do that and it seems so foreign to me that i i just kind of eventually gave up on comics and was like well you know i'll, I'll go and do something else with my life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then it circled back yeah yeah I, I got into journalism and uh was at a newspaper and like had started reading comics again as an adult and you know filling it i mean there was just there was so much stuff that i had not read as a kid and so i was just really you know filling in those gaps and then had a friend who was an artist and he was like, Hey, if you write a book, I'll draw it. And so we did. And nice. off we went. Nice. nice. Um, so I mentioned Nate Powell, you mentioned your, your friend. Um, I was going to ask about particularly positive collaborations, experiences, any titles that I missed at the top of the episode that stand out as really, really, um, those positive moments in your career so far? Well, I, I've just been super fortunate all the way through in, in working with people that um, you, the thing that I'll say in the front is, you know, these are friends, like these are dear people to me. Um, they're people that I like developed quick relationships with and uh, have continued to have uh, relationships with. And so it's it's that and then on top of that it's people who are immensely talented and and do a very wide variety of of art styles but are all really gifted um and so it's it's everyone is kind of different but you know my first book uh that artist was dusty higgins who uh that became uh pinocchio vampire slayer Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and dusty is he's so he now works in animation and he's just like real down to earth, like real blue collar, like in- incredible work ethic and, and really gifted. And like, he's a very sort of like serious about his craft, but then also a very silly guy, uh, which I love. And, you know, Nate, Nate and I knew each other for quite a long time um, before we collaborated on two dead because uh, out of college, I worked at the newspaper in Little Rock, Arkansas, which is where Nate, Nate grew up in North Little Rock, uh, just across the river. And so we had gotten, you know, I think his mom, like I wrote reviews of comic books and his mom would like clip them out and mail them to him because he had moved (laughs) away. And that was how we got, uh, I think at some point I, I emailed him just to, you know, uh, see like if I could, you know, interview him or something. And, and then uh, he published with Top Shelf and I worked with Top Shelf, like on weekends, I would help them at conventions. Mm-hmm. And that, mm-hmm. and that was sort of 
you know, early, I guess, mid 2000s. Um, and that was how I learned the industry. Uh, and so Nate and I got to be great friends and then ended up collaborating. And um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 the really special thing about comics and like the absolute best part of comics is you write something, you write this script and then send it off and then these pages appear and that's like the magic point where you know it's just okay this really came to life yeah 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 and i imagine as the writer you get to craft something and then it comes back and you get to see it in a new way depending on who the artist is absolutely and you know i i approach comic book scripting um you know I'm, i'm just writing a letter to someone mm-hmm. and it's written specifically to that person and it's it's a starting point you know it's not like here's an instruction manual do do this <laughs> because your your artist is always smarter than you are about about visual storytelling so like you know an example of that so on arca jesse lonergan for those who aren't familiar with his art it's very design centric so he starts every every book that he does he starts with creating a grid structure that will carry through to every single page. And so then he's really thinking about using this grid in these intricate ways of, you know, controlling the tempo of the story of setting apart moments of bringing details in. And he's always doing, you know, he, he creates this really rigid structure and then he does wildly experimental stuff Mm -hmm. with it, which I find fascinating and so I can't tell you how many times I wrote a script page that would have five panels and the, the page from Jesse would come back and he would have drawn it with like 20 panels. <laughs> and it's just like, oh my God, like this is so different and so unexpected. And I never could have foreseen, you know, where, where you took this, um, but it's better. Like it's, you know, it's better than what I had on, on the script by far. And that's, that's what you want is just to like, you know, like I said, it's the starting point of a conversation and for that next person to then elevate it even farther. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was going to send some appreciation for Arca because I'm a big science fiction dystopian fan big fan of like logan's run and uh all the way back i mean hunger games more recently and you do some really interesting commentary in that and then yeah jesse lonigan's style just brings it together so nicely so any any sort of teaser tagline elevator pitch for people that want to potentially check out arca yeah, so Arca is, it kind of imagines that the richest and most powerful people in the world, that, you know, they they were game planning from way back of like, if, if at some point, you know, calamity is going to befall the earth, the earth is going to be destroyed and it's going to be uninhabitable. And we need to do something like we need to have an exit strategy. Mm-hmm. And so the story takes place in a future that is that exit strategy come to life. And as you're introduced to this world, it's, you know, we're on this ship called the Arca and we're headed to a planet called Eden. And, you know, the, the big thing about society, society collapsing is money doesn't exist anymore. Right. So, you know, these billionaires, trillionaires, 
if they don't have all of that money, then how do they pay people to work for them? Right. Because they don't, they don't just want to survive. Like they want to live the way that they have always lived. Mm-hmm. And, and so as we're introduced to this world, it's a structure in which the, the richest people, the citizens are served by these children and teenagers who are given the promise of it's like, Hey, we saved you from sure death on the earth. We're going to go to this new planet and, you know, you work until age 18. And then after that, you're one of us and, you know, we'll all be equals on this planet. And the story is about this girl, Effie, who is a true believer. You know, she's like, this is my mission to serve. I'm so thankful for being saved. And she's a very black and white thinker. Um, but early on, she discovers something that it's like it doesn't it doesn't add up to that black and white world and so it's kind of her story of like once once her absolute belief is fractured of her just going down this big rabbit hole of what is actually happening here you know how how do i start to see the world in shades of gray yeah yeah i love that Uh, and i love the commentary on critical thinking that's there too Yeah. So yeah, a key part of the book is that these kids, these teenagers are not given books. They're not taught to read at all because, you know, it's for the purposes of the ship, you know, the way that these billionaires look at it is like, they don't need to read, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, They're here to serve us. And so Effie is the only one of these kids who knows how to read. And she has kind of on her own in secret figured it out. And, you know, uh, she, one of the people that she serves, one of the citizens is a guy who has this big library. And so she's like sneaking his books. And so, yeah, we start to see as, as she goes down this journey and the things that she has read, give her this capacity for critical thinking that the other kids just, you know, don't, don't have. (laughs) And, and I think it's, it's just such a key part of, you know, education and, and stories that, um, you know, it's, it's not that I think there are people who think that like, if you read something, you're going to be immediately like, I don't know, like it transformed, like it's, it's going to warp your brain into this specific way. The danger, the danger. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And I, I just don't think of reading that way. I think that reading, you know, I mean, I'm, there are so many things that I've read, uh, like, like the fountainhead <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that, you know, I read it. There were things I appreciated about it. There were things that I was able, because I had read other books, you know, that I was able to look at that and be like, you know, I agree with this. I don't agree with this. I think that this is a problem. And I, I think that that's just, that's the deal with education is that you should read stuff that does not conform to this exact view of the world. And mm-hmm. there are, you know, necessary um, questions about like what's appropriate at, at what age. Um, but, and I mean, my parenting style is generally like, yeah, read, read whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say I had some advanced copies of, of Arca and I had one uh, just some somewhere around the house. And so my my oldest is eight and he. Uh, you know, I, I would not have given him the book, I would have felt like it was a little old for him. And he uh, 
at one point he came up to me. He was like, yeah, I read your new book. It's good. I liked it. And I was like, oh, you read it? <laughs> Whoops. It was like, was it was it too intense? Was it, he was like, no, it was okay. I was like, all right, all right, that's good. It's a good review. It's a good yeah. review. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, they're, they're reading your stuff. Yeah, he likes to. Uh, he he tells his friends. He's like, my dad is a little bit famous. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? That's exactly accurate. I mean podcast famous at least right like, at least at least uh and i appreciate that <laughs> oh love it love it um so yeah rec i recommend arca love what you said there about reading and any kind of creative pursuits creative next directions that you'd like to take uh upcoming works upcoming events web spaces things like that that you'd like to share um, so one exciting thing coming up is my first novel is coming out in Love it. Love uh, November. Um, it is, uh, it, I don't know that we've formally announced it, but it's, uh, it's listed for pre-order on all of the websites. So, uh, it's called Godfall and it is a big sci-fi story that is actually a murder mystery. Love it. Um, some genre play yeah so that that is out in out in november um and then i've got a series coming out from dark horse this fall that is called terrace apart that is co-written with jay baruchel who's a actor writer and director um i think he's uh he's currently on foobar the netflix show with arnold schwarzenegger Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, that's that's kind of the big stuff. I mean, you know, anyone who's who's interested, um, I do a, a an email newsletter through Substack. Um, that's it's just vanjensen.substack.com, um, and it's it's maybe like once a month. And what I do is I kind of. I try every every edition of it to tell a story that is also imbued with some kind of thing that I've learned about storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a bit of like there's you know there's narrative in it, but then it's it's also like writing writing and storytelling craft. Uh, and then of course you know little little bits of stuff about like here's what I'm up to and uh, you know some recommendations of what I'm you know, reading or listening to or watching. Um, but yeah, always, always happy to connect with people there. Love it. Love it. Um, I am looking forward to seeing what you do in prose with Godfall. Always curious to see how voice changes and method changes across forms. So very excited about that. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, exciting uh and terrifying because it's there's no beautiful art to hide my writing uh and i i never studied creative writing i just uh you know i i took i think maybe like one 100 level course in college and uh everything else you know my training was in journalism but i also you know i was blessed with uh, one of my grandmothers was an English teacher. And nice. so she was like reading and grading 
the stories that I wrote from the point that I was a little kid. Uh, so, you know, if, if the book is good at all, it's thanks to grandma Doreen. And if it's bad, it's, it's all on me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, based on what I know of the world crafting that you've done, I, I have positive expectations. So I'm sure it'll be great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for taking some time to talk with me. I'll be sure and link the uh, sites in the description or uh, on the video. There should be a nice little bar that pops up about right now with uh, the links so that people can check those out. And um, glad to talk with you anytime. Did I miss anything that you want to make sure to mention? I think we got it. Yeah, I really, I really appreciate it.